Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Inside the 1 o'clock hour, 1 p.m., not 1 a.m., Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, doing a football Sunday before the Pro Bowl games, 877-337-6666. Get you on the show. I want to talk to you. We're not just talking football. I think mostly we're talking baseball. In a week from right now, it's baseball season. MLB, you have the floor. Pitchers and catchers will report, and we'll start our hopes and dreams of a World Series of a better baseball season than we had in Queens and the Bronx last year. So back to the NFL and the season that was. I mean, the season started with Tom Brady putting out a video on the beat somewhere. Seemed like somebody forced him to do it. Seemed like he didn't want to do it. Announcing his retirement. Oh, Brady's not coming back. Brady's not going to be in the NFL. He's not. The Niners were reportedly looking to bring him there. You know, they didn't even believe in Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. And I hate that they call Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant still. There's a new Mr. Irrelevant from the 2023 draft. He was the 2022 draft. Like, what about that guy? That guy is actually irrelevant. But, yeah, we go into this NFL season with high hopes, obviously, for the Jets and the Giants. That comes crashing down. And, you know, of course, the DeMar Hamlin story. I think we forget that that was last year. I saw DeMar Hamlin last night. Courtside at the Garden, dapping up LeBron James wearing a Knicks jersey. But yeah, DeMar Hamlin coming back this season. I don't know if you heard my rant on comeback player of the year. I understand that story for the NFL is a heartfelt story. Uh, We all feel for that guy and are happy that he returned to full health and returned to living his dream of playing in the NFL. But I mean, for him to be in comeback player of the year and not be active for most of the games this year, not play more than some special teams, this year and being the top five over Brees Hall, who came back from an ACL and dominated, was number four in all-purpose yards. I I didn't agree with that. But, yeah, what a wild season it was. There's so many narratives that the Patriots being absolutely terrible, terrible and Bill Belichick. Remember we saw the video of Bill Belichick in London coming out of the house with his shirt off? What was that all about? <laughs> Robert Kraft and those guys said they decided after that London game that they blew to the Colts that they were done with the uh, legendary Bill Belichick, the goat of all goats at, at uh, coaching. And, you know, Mike Tomlin this year, Mike Mike Tomlin was hilarious, hilarious this year. He's one of the guys that they regard as one of the best coaches. He never seems to have a losing season. You know, they had to fire Matt Canada, and they won with a backup's backup, right? They went from Kenny Pickett to Mitchell Trubisky to Mason Rudolph to get to the playoffs. It can be done. It can be done. It was done across the league. That's why we all kind of looked at the Jets like, hey, yeah, you won seven games, but you forced Zach Wilson on us again, and 
Timmy Boyle should have never been the third string option. And Trevor Simeon was the option you brought off the streets. No, we got to do better. You can't throw away a season. These seasons are precious to us. And there's another one down the drain. And as fans, the seasons change like the actual seasons we roll right into the spring. But I mentioned the Knicks, so I want to bring in a Knicks call. I wasn't planning on talking basketball today, but hey, it's the fan in New York. You guys call. I'll take the call. Jamie in Long Beach on the fan. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Keith. I spoke to you last week. I told you about my Dr. J story. Yes, sir. You know, in Long Beach. Well, I've got another one. There was a guy, a former net, Laverne Tart. I don't know if you're old enough to remember him, but he, I used to do these shoot-arounds, and I was a teenager, you know, and he's a lefty. And all the Italian Jewish boys in Long Island wanted me to play center at the time. I was 6'3 at 14. But he gave me pointers, and I was the only white guy that was allowed to play on the West 4th Street court in Manhattan, which was called the cage. I had this Jufro. I, I know that court, I, yes. <laughs> it was great. And, I, and they used to call me Bobby Jones, but I wasn't a defensive player. I was a, a lefty two-guard. I want to talk about these Knicks. I'm, I'm the 67 to 73 Knicks, and even the 94 Knicks, which were great. I love Patrick and all of them. I didn't feel that kind of excitement that I feel right now from Jalen Brunson and these Knicks. The only time it came close maybe was insanity. But what I'm concerned about is I hope they don't do a stupid trade for, you know, this uh, – um, I hope they get Matt, Matthew Brog, uh, Brogdon. I hope they don't get – Malcolm Brogdon from the, pa- from the uh, Trailblazers, yeah. Yeah, when I saw Col- um, Colin uh, Sexton be dirty on him, and when I saw Kelly Olenek and these guys not coming up to Clarkson, not coming up to, to snuff against Knicks, I don't want those guys. Uh, and then, and then this what this guy Shepard from Indiana? He was dirty on on uh, on, on, on on our on our Didn't get on the Brunson. Call. So what that I'm hoping for is that our tough guys, because we got this tragedy with Julius uh, um, Randall, maybe has turned into something good. And I love Julius because Ananobi and the, the, this other guy Precious, he's great. Yeah. So they got to give some muscle down there, Josh Hart, and protect this guy. Because I'm worried about Brunson getting hurt because now they're starting to take physical shots at him. And he's tough as nails, man, you know? So how do you feel about, you know, uh, and, and, and I think Hartinson is better than than, uh, than our center, Mitch Robinson. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I think he's got a little bit more of an offensive game. He's gotten a chance to show himself. He's great crashing the boards and getting rebounds. He's fiery. I, I like that out of him. What I'll say about Jalen Brunson and even the Lakers game last night, I watched the first half and started to fade, falling asleep. Um, by halftime into the second half, and then I woke up today and saw the score, and I wasn't surprised that LeBron and AD and the Lakers closed them out in the fourth quarter. I saw how they were blitzing Brunson, double-teaming him, and they knew, right? LeBron, you always got to think of this this late in the game. LeBron is a coach on the court, and they also rested against the Celtics, and they also went up to Boston and beat the Celtics without LeBron and AD, so they were ready for the garden. LeBron showed up wearing, you know, the, the Knicks dunks he had on, uh, orange and blue shoes. He he knows the spotlight, knows uh, the moment, and they weren't going to lose to the Knicks. They showed up, they they neutralized Brunson, and they weren't going to let Brunson beat him, even though Brunson still had 36 points. What I feel like last night revealed was that you do need another guy, another guy off the bench, yeah. and obviously you can't really look at the team when you don't have Quentin Grimes, when you don't have OG Ananobi, and obviously you don't have Julius Randle, but the fact that they're yeah. even contending and playing tough, the losing, the, the winning streak Exciting. ends. You're gonna yeah. lose game. Losing, losing games happens in the NBA. But I just think even more now after looking at that last night, like 
you can't you can't rest on Malachi Flynn coming in and making an impact or yes. you know uh, even uh, Miles McBride or whatever. Like you you need to go ahead and make the trade for like a Malcolm Brogdon, like you suggested. And I think as you get whole again, the Knicks will be good. It can't be you know because Brunson usually he can he can feel when they're trying to stop him and he can become more of a distributor. But if he's got to distribute and give it up to uh, Josh Hart or Isaiah Hartenstein, like those guys aren't aren't offensive guys. Those guys are glue guys. Those guys are rebounders. Those guys are defenders. You need another score that can give you instant offense. That's what you miss in an IQ. And there are some guys out there that you could trade for to get to come off the bench. You don't think Dante is better than IQ? I think Dante is good. I wouldn't necessarily say he's better than IQ. I think he's been great. And adding him to this team, now you're getting to really see him shine. Um, but I, like he's he's been in the starting role Maybe he can go back to the bench. I don't know. I think they need another score. I just last night I'm saying, see, when I'm looking at this second group, this bench group with Josh Hart trying to create a shot, and it's him, and it, and it's and it's um, you know Miles McBride and Malachi Flynn and some of these other guys. It's just like uh, you're 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 left wanting some more. If there was another guy that could come off the bench and run that second unit and score while Brunson is rest resting, allow him to rest. And then even when Brunson is on the floor, have another guy that can take some pressure off of him. You need another score. But I just know it's hard to look at the Knicks right now without OG Ananobi, who you traded for and kind of sparked this whole uh, new-look Knicks. And then OG, uh, um, Julius Randle, who who gives you points and rebounds and just a different presence defensively out there. Right now, you can't really evaluate the Knicks. But I still think in this little window of time, until we know when Julius Randle is back and OG is back, why not make a trade? The deadline is coming up in four days. Yep, yep. Get rid of Fournier and get rid of, uh, you know, uh, Grimes. Maybe Grimes, you know, while he's out, something. See if you can get another guy. Because if this is the year you don't want to feel like you come up short um, in April or May because you're missing one piece. Thanks for the call, Jamie. Um, I did watch a little bit of the Nets game, but I did not get a chance to watch the full Nets game. I watched some of it in the morning. I was happy to see the Nets go down to Philly and win. I didn't even realize Ben Simmons actually played until – this morning, uh, honestly, the Nets games have not been fun to watch. I had dinner with my wife last night and was able to kind of disconnect from that. The Nets were on a little earlier. Um, their game was over by like 8 o'clock. They played, I think the game started maybe at like 4 or something. Brad is in Alpine, New Jersey. Let's hear what Brad has to say about the Brooklyn Nets. Hey, thanks a lot for taking the call. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, so, I mean, it's unfortunate that we haven't been able to see them play healthy together. I really think if, you, you know, if, I mean, it's a lot to ask. If Simmons were healthy, I think this would be a, you know, seven, maybe even a six seed team. But there, there's two things that are really frustrating about being a Nets fan right now, and it's both related to the Cams. I mean, Cam Thomas under, you know, first it was under the old coach, and now he just gets, he gets no respect. I mean, this is the best score that they've drafted since Derek Coleman, probably the best draft pick since Brooke Lopez. And the guy gets the Rodney Dangerfield treatment, no respect. And, you know, I don't know what it's going to take them to realize that this guy's just a, you know, he's a tremendous scorer. And then Cam Johnson, I mean, the guy's just soft. Like, he plays with, without any hunger, with no intensity. Um, you know, he's – and they, they signed him to a contract, which would mean that he'd be – you know, he'd be called upon to be the second or third or third, you yeah. know, impact player. <clears throat> he's getting Jalen Brunson-type money. <laughs> More. Yes, and it's just, it, that's what's going to set the team back, I think. Yeah, so on the Cam Thomas front, uh, Eric Slater, who I had on the show with me Thursday, he covers the Brooklyn Nets – for clutch points, he put a tweet out. He said, I asked Jacques Vaughn if Cam, Cam Thomas has done enough in the last four games to earn a place in the starting lineup. He said, I'll see when we get healthy. 
going back to you saying about the team being healthy. I'm not sure what our starting unit's going to be going forward, but right now I think this group has put us in a position to win games, and I'll always consider that as far as being the best option for our team. The different combinations, I've liked the sub patterns we've had, who's been out there playing with each other. I think that's been a benefit to our entire group, so I'll always diagnose and see what's best going forward. Jacques Vaughn being a former NBA player, an old-school coach, he leans so much on veterans. He has more than enough veterans to not have to start Cam. There has just been this consistent memo of, like, this guy is young, we know he can score, but he's got a lot more growing to do, and until he becomes the player that we want him to become, you know, we're not going to lock him into the starting lineup. Meanwhile, the fans are saying, this is the best player we have. This guy's the most fun to watch. This guy's instant offense. He dropped 40 last night in a win. He's got multiple games now where the Nets have have won, and he's scored over 30 points. The narrative was last year, oh, he scores uh, 30, 40 points, and the Nets lose. No, now he's gotten better. He realizes the double team and finds the open guy. He is distributing the ball, and he isn't just chucking up shots. He's getting to the rack. So Cam Thomas is the Nets' best player, in my opinion, in their future, but they just seem, uh, you know, they seem like they don't want him to be a starter, or at least the head coach is stuck on him not being a starter, and it makes no sense. We'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. I'm glad that he didn't duck Philadelphia, and I'm glad that he took it on, and they were quiet because Embiid was out, and, you know, he played. He's allergic to the rim himself. You need Cam Thomas. But if Ben Simmons is that facilitator at point guard, here comes the deadline four four days away again for the Nets. Trade Spencer Dinwiddie somewhere. Trade Dorian Finney-Smith somewhere. Maybe get D'Angelo Russell from the Lakers. Maybe get some kind of point guard. You cannot rely on Ben Simmons. That's why you're in the trouble that you're in now. He played... Um, up until November 6th and then missed all of this time coming back now. And he's he's already been on the uh, you know injured list, missed the game a couple nights ago. I think the Nets can still salvage this season as far as their eyes go, which is being a play-in team, getting in the playoffs. But for the fans, they've already lost so much game. There's so much ill will and negativity towards them. It's just going to take a lot for the fan base to believe in what they have going on. We'll see what Sean Marks does at the deadline here. But it's tough coming off of having the superstar talent, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and obviously we just saw Kevin Durant's return. It's tough coming from that to being like, okay, this team, they just find ways to lose games. They've got nothing going on. Are you there, Brad? Yeah, thanks a lot, Keith. Really appreciate it. But, I mean, what are they going to do about Cam Johnson? Are they stuck with him? Yeah, they signed him to a four-year contract, and you know what? They they leaned on. He's good friends with Mikael Bridges, who they want to build around. And all we're hearing about Mikael Bridges is that multiple teams have checked in on him to send the Nets first-round draft picks, and they keep declining. They're not interested. They keep declining. And And for me, I'm like, how can you not be interested? Brad, thanks for the call. You know, I just read the Brooklyn Nets have reportedly received multiple offers of five first-round picks for Mikael Bridges. I know Bridges is a solid player. I know the Knicks fans want Mikael Bridges to reunite all of the Nova Knicks. The Nets are so steadfast on this is the guy we're building around Brooklyn Bridges that they won't take one. I'm like, this season is cooked, and next season is probably cooked too. Why not reload for the future? There, There's too much pride and ego in the way of the owner and the GM where they won't even consider that. And I'm talking about Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson signed a four-year 94 $0.5 million contract. I think Jalen Brunson's making slightly more than him. So I think I incorrectly said he's making more. Yeah, Jalen Brunson's making um, just about $100 million more at four years, 104 But look at the value you get from a Jalen Brunson. That's a steal of a deal. They owe him twice as much. And look at the lack of value you're getting in Cam Johnson signing him to a deal because you want to keep his friend happy 
on the team. That's where we are with the basketball season right now. I know Knicks fans are optimistic about what's to come with the with the Knicks and Jalen Brunson and them getting healthy. Nets fans aren't so much, and that's why we're, we're ready for the Super Bowl to end so we can start talking baseball pretty soon. Let's go to Raj in New Providence, New Jersey, on the fan. What's up, Raj? Keith, how you doing today? Uh, loved what you said before about uh, being a voice for the next generation. I'm actually on a stroll with my uh, soon-to-be two-year-old son. I hope he listens to you growing up the same yeah, way I listen yeah. to Mike and the Mad Dog. Thanks, man. It's, it's awesome. I met so many parents who introduced me to their kids saying, like, they listen to your show. Or when we're in the car, they, they like listening to you. And I'm like, wow, I, just, I guess I have some of the younger fans listening to the fan in the back seat. Yeah, absolutely. You sure do, man. Thank you very much. Um, so, listen, I'm a big Niners fan, and uh, just got a big question for you about the game. Uh, first, I just want to mention, you know, I don't know if anyone's mentioned this. I really like this halftime show coming up. Um, you know, Usher was a big part of uh, my growing up, uh, going to college and stuff. You can go anywhere without hearing him, like, you know, at a club, at a bar, or wherever. Um, you know, so I think it's great for nostalgia. Um, you know, I just am really looking forward to the halftime show. I've seen a lot of duds over the years, but this one I have high hopes for. Um, and then about the Niners, so, you know, I heard in your update just now, and I agree that, listen, I mean, it's really embarrassing that, you know, we're sitting here, you know, we're demonizing the effort that we put up against Detroit. Um, we're going into this game against Kansas City as the weaker defense. It's really unacceptable. But my question to you then is, okay, if you were to line up both rosters on defense, I think most people would say the Niners have more talent, but this effort that we see in this postseason has been concerning. Uh, which defense would you actually rather have going into this game, the one that's been hot or the one that actually has more talent uh, on paper? The Niners' defense and the guys that they've added to the Niners' defense, like Chase Young and Randy Gregory that weren't there. They have so many guys Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa. I'm just talking about the offensive or defensive line. Eric Armstead. Then you look at their combination at linebacker. They have arguably the two best linebackers as a tandem and arguably the best linebacker in the league. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are monsters. Um, Travarius Ward. Uh, they, they just have a, they have a lot of talent on defense that when you get into a Super Bowl game, sometimes just the talent can overcome the the game planning, the play calls. Sometimes the talent just wins out. Talent makes plays. The thing about a play is it doesn't care who makes it. And the more talented players are the guys that are going to end up doing that. Now, I know Steve Spagnuolo deserves just as much credit as anybody else for this Chiefs dynasty and their run. Um, he's going to have them ready with a good game plan. A lot of those guys are second-year players. A lot of those guys are not household names, but they get it done. They don't need to be household names. Chris Jones probably the most popular guy on their defense. Uh, George Karlofkis out of Purdue. I feel like people don't mention him enough. Um, Willie Gay at linebacker. He's been solid all year. Ladarius Sneed is tough as well. Trent McDuffie. They have some good, talented players on the Chiefs, too. I don't want to act like they don't, but when you're comparing rosters, it's the Niners' defense I'd want. The Niners' defense, they just have to show up. You keep hearing the update, yes, with, with John Lynch talking about effort. I think a lot of times the Niners, especially in the two home games that they played, they thought they were just going to show up and the other team would lay down coming into their building. That's not how it works, and, and now it's a neutral site. Uh, they're they're going to have to play hard. Thanks for the call, Raj. Going back to what Raj said about the Super Bowl halftime, it just made too much sense. Taylor Swift curved them, turned them down, um, coming off last year for the Super Bowl. Usher, who is iconic for a lot of the millennials, myself included, I had the 8701 album. I was singing everything from Let It Burn to Confessions. And uh, he was right there, obviously. He's still right there. He has a residency in Vegas. 
And he's gone viral with clips of that. A lot of celebrities have gone out to see him. I remember seeing the New York Liberty out there. Uh, maybe the Vegas Aces, rather not the New York Liberty. A bunch of actors, rappers, entertainers have gone to see Usher perform in Vegas. So all they do is move his Vegas residency to Allegiant Stadium down the street, blow it up bigger and better. He might have some surprise guests. He's a guy that's been in the industry long enough, has worked with a lot of people. He might do some of his features. And I think he's got enough hit records that for that 15-minute performance, um, it's something that everybody else, everybody out there can enjoy. And for everybody else listening, you got to remember that Rock Nation came in some years ago. I think it was the J-Lo and Shakira halftime show and then we got the weekend halftime show and the greatest halftime show i ever saw last year with dr dre snoop dogg eminem mary j blige 50 cent like that was because of jay-z's company rock nation coming in to um the nfl with the inspired change movement i worked at rock nation back in 2018 i haven't forgot that they met with goodell and that they have a hand in booking the halftime shows now um just trying to make them uh you know, fit a little bit more. So I'm, I'm interested in, in the halftime show. I, I'm i a fan of Usher. We'll see what, what that looks like on Super Bowl Sunday. 877-337-6666. We're about halfway through my first football Sunday. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up and join the show. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Happy Sunday. It's a football Sunday on the fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, filling in 12 to 3. Nice to be in here when the sun is up and people can hear me. People are calling in. We've had a full rack of calls the whole day. 877-337-6666. We'll get right back to it. Coming up after me is coverage of the Pro Bowl games and I think before the weekend, I was like, oh, I don't care about it. I'm not into it because that's what I've been saying for the last couple of years. I haven't actually watched it live, but I think if you just are on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, you'll get enough of the clips and you know what goes on. And I didn't actually know what went on. I know I'm seeing a lot of clips of Jalen Hurts competing in the accuracy competition where they have, you know, the moving dummies and the circles and 
uh, the the big uh, pot that you got to throw the ball into deep. And I guess Jalen Hurts didn't do too well. I did see a clip of Micah Parsons actually throwing the ball right into the money shot deep. Um, however much that's, I think, a five points for you to get there. Something I didn't know, as I said, I was going to reveal some of the things I didn't know about the Pro Bowl. I didn't know Tua was that popular. I didn't know Tua was uh, that popular of an NFL player, right? So I saw 2023 Pro Bowl top five vote getters. Tua had 138,000 plus. Justin Jefferson came in right underneath him, and he barely played this year. How about that, fantasy football guys who drafted Justin Jefferson first overall this year? Womp, womp, womp. Patrick Mahomes, I know he's like the most popular player. There are kids in New Jersey who are Chiefs fans because of Patrick Mahomes. He had 133 votes. Tyreek Hill had 132,000 votes. And Travis Kelsey was right underneath at 131,000 votes. I think some of the Swifties kicked in to vote him into the Pro Bowl. And you know they're not going to the Pro Bowl because they're going to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, going back to the fantasy football, I mean, I made a huge mistake, a terrible mistake, because Christian McCaffrey had burned me in the past. I didn't choose him in one of my leagues where I had the number two overall pick. I got crafty. I got ahead of myself, started thinking too much, and I drafted Nick Chubb. And, of course, what happens to Nick Chubb this year? He has a season-ending injury, and that was a waste of a pick. And Christian McCaffrey goes on to score a touchdown in every game, multiple touchdowns in every game, MVP-type season for him. And I'm like, if I would have just stuck with the... Okay, Justin Jefferson comes off the board first. You take McCaffrey. Don't go back to when he was with the Carolina Panthers, the worst-run organization in football, that fired Frank right week 11. And a couple weeks after that, we see David Temper, their owner, throw a drink on a fan in Jacksonville, the Jaguars stadium. That gives me an opportunity to shout out my grandmother on this Sunday. I know she's not listening, but my first ever experience going to an NFL stadium was back in 96, I believe, when the Jaguars were an expansion team. And I used to spend summers down in Jacksonville, Florida, when I was a kid, just to give my mom a break. My sister and I would go down there. And I'm not a very religious person, but I am a God-fearing man. I wear a cross around my neck and I pray often and my grandmother put the Bible in my hand. I don't go to church too often on this Sunday as we speak on it, but I think I put in enough hours when I was young because Grandma Edie had me at Bible study, choir practice, Sunday school, the whole day in church. I felt like we went to church back in the day like four or five times a week. (laughs) So yeah, uh, you know, just talking NFL, you know, as I was talking about David Temper And the uh, Carolina Panthers, they're the worst franchise in the NFL. And how McCaffrey burned me with the Carolina Panthers years ago when I took him with a top pick. And I didn't take him. Like, I'll I'll miss that. I'll miss uh, setting my fantasy football lineup um, and leaving guys on the bench just to lose by uh, 10 points. And, uh, you know, the back and forth that goes on with friends about who you're trading, who you're not trading. And I've been doing doing well in fantasy football. But almost every year I donate money. I, I play in three leagues. And. You know, one league I'll be good, one league I'll miss the playoffs, and it's just part of the experience. We get so amped up for the NFL season just to lose money on fantasy football and parlays and our fantasy team, and then our team in reality loses a bunch of games. 877-337-6666. Let's switch gears before we go back to all the conversation around football and talk to Ray in South Florida. What's up, Ray? You got it. What's happening, Keith? You know, hanging out. Glad to be here. 
So you're pretty dialed into the Yanks. You know, I know Evan's a huge baseball guy and Big Mac, but even Big Mac and BT made comments the other day about Burns, right? And the Yankees not going higher to go get Burns and keeping him away from the Orioles. And I just want to talk about that a little bit. So, you know, if you look at, you know, not even talking about the, the, the Burns beard and long hair, Yep. If he would even want to shave that stuff, which is a whole nother stupid Count that. Same thing with Josh Hader. Some some of these yep. guys they that, that gets floated out there. Hey, they're not interested. They don't they don't want to absolutely hundred percent they don't want to conform. But, right. And and if that was said, then maybe that's a deal breaker right there. But besides that, you know, he's gonna make fifteen million this year. And where the Yanks are salary wise, and unfortunately as fans, we need to pay attention to that and we shouldn't and we never did years years ago. Where we're at, he's really going to cost the Yankees about $32 million this year on a walk year, right? And with Boris, there's no guarantee of anything. And so if they wanted, and you should, you know, I'm sure you know the Yankee top four guys in the, in the top 100, which is Spencer Jones and Dominguez and Roger Garius and Chase Hampton. If they wanted two or even three of those guys, there's no way the Yankees can give up that depth in positions that are in need, especially with Verdugo leaving and the Soto's going to walk. Correct. There's no way they can give up Jones Dominguez. And even Arias is a, you know, five tool shortstop switch hitter who looks like the real deals. Cashman's been taking calls. You, you can go all year. in, but you have to have a plan for the future. Correct. Yeah, there's no doubt. So I don't think the Yankees, you know, probably had a shot at Burns based on what the Brewers would have asked. The Orioles gave up guys that. You know they have depth because they've you know they've been so bad for so long yeah, that they have, they have number one guys right they have, they have number a one bunch guys of guys coming they don't have enough room for the top talent that they have right now exactly so they could deal an infielder like that and a pitcher and they gave up a number thirty four pick which is also high value that the Yankees don't have to give up as well so I just think that it was an easy decision for the Brewers to deal with the Orioles and I think the Yankee fans are are not looking at the whole big picture unfortunately yep, but two small market teams. And uh, honestly, the market around Burns, it got quiet. We've all been following this stuff. The Yankees were in on him, yeah. Arbitration happened a few weeks ago. And then there was reports that the Milwaukee Brewers were likely to keep him. But reports are reports behind the scenes. There's new ownership in Baltimore. They stayed on it, and, and congrats to them. Now, let's see Corbin Burns pitch in the AL East, not the NL Central, and see how he does. And the Yankees... Bats like they that's a move they made because they have to face the Yankees. They changed their ballpark because the Yankees were showing up hitting home runs out of the place. Like they're they're making moves to compete with the New York Yankees. And there was a point in time in the season last year where the Yankees and Orioles were neck and neck. And that series, July 4th week, the Yankees ended up splitting that series. And if they won that series, they could have jumped them. And you know, the rest is history as far as the Orioles going on to win 101 games and winning the division. I think it's going to be a little different this year. Yeah, so where do we go from here, right? I'd love to have had Burns, but again, for one year and a walk year. Shane you know, Bieber, but, Dylan Cease. Yeah, again, though, those teams are going to be looking for any combination of Dominguez, Jones, of course. And, and Yanks can't give them up, right? I, I just don't see them giving them up. And so I go back to Snell, and, you know, I'm not worried about him. But I, I would, you know, look, we're where are we at at the payroll, and that's Hal's issue. And our payroll, you know, to income level has been so off, and I don't care about paying, you know, the other shareholders and stadium debt and everything else. He needs to spend more money 
this year to get the team back where it needs to be. We're still a starting pitcher away and probably a relief pitcher away. And my idea with Snell is you, you get him, you find a way to afford him for a year, and you move Cortez to the bullpen because I'm not sold on Cortez long term. I wouldn't put Schmidt out there. I think Schmidt is just developing. He's building up his we'll, pitch we'll down, see. right? I, we'll see. I think that they expect Cortez to return to all-star form. I think they expect Clark Schmidt to build on what he did the second half of the season and be a starter, and that's why – we we're here. I don't. I just. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Spring training is coming up in uh, ten days, and and it'll all shake out. Thanks for the call, Ray. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I don't want to say who is who and what is what and what's not. We don't know. We don't know. And me being with Aaron Boone two Saturdays ago, and then me even being with Aaron Boone and some of these guys. Shout out to Joe Girardi who's there yesterday. He's back. He'll be on Yes Network. Uh, talking to us before and after Yankee games. I think it'll be good to hear from him. Like nobody knows. You know, and, and to parallel this with the, the Mets fans as we go to break, I, I said, you can't predict baseball. That's baseball, Susan. Like, you can't predict baseball. We don't know. But we always speak as if, we, like, in definitives. We speak as if we know something. None of us know anything, especially fans. Like, none of us know. But all I know is this. We can't wait for opening day and to see how it plays out. And these guys know more than us, as in David Stearns and Brian Cashman, and they have to have plans on top of plans and on top of plans. And all we can do is hope, 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 hope week. Hope is not a strategy. All we can do is hope that they know what they're doing and it actually comes to fruition. 877-337-6666. Let's break it down. Taking your calls on the NFL, the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl coming up. And obviously, we're looking forward to this baseball season. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Okay, right back at it on the fan. I think I have like an hour left. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. Usually you hear me at uh, 1.45, 2 a.m. before C-Mac comes on and after the Nets games, after the Yankee games, after Monday night football, Thursday night football. But uh, I swapped out my Friday shift. Hoff rocked on Friday, which shout out to Hoff. I'm happy for Hoff because... He usually comes on Friday late, like 2 to 5, after doing BT and Sal from 10 a.m. to 2. That's a long day. And, uh, you know, we all are on the same team here. We're all trying to help each other out here. And, you know, we all pull the same rope. So I swap out my shift. That gets Hoff home a little bit early. And uh, I have some time to rest over the weekend and be a family man and be a dad and a husband and then come in on Sunday and uh, rock on this football Sunday as we go into the Pro Bowl games. Uh, I'm not going to take too much more time with what I had planned, obviously going through, um, you know, the season that was. I think I've hit you with enough and talking about how the NFL is bogus. I was going to go on this whole rant about the bogus officiating and how it might as well be WWE and how they need to put these guys as paid salary employees and maybe dock their pay for bad performance and even – put them in front of microphones like the players to explain what happened on certain plays. And, you know, I don't think the NFL is going to do that because they're fine with things going the way that it does. Maybe they even have a say in it. Everybody says the NFL is scripted and thinks there's a conspiracy theory around the Super Bowl and who's in it and with all the gambling and whatnot. But it doesn't matter. We can't get enough of it, whether that's true or not, which, you know, it's hard to script any sports. These are grown men competing like, 
we're never going to not watch football. We're never going to turn away from it, even so much today. People are hungry for something today. I'm glad that my FanDuel account will not be opened. I've lost enough money on this NFL season. I'm taking the week off. I think this is a healthy week for gamblers. Don't bet on anything. Don't get the itch and go bet on basketball or don't don't bet on I don't I don't think you can bet on the Pro Bowl games. I don't know. But yeah, I was gonna hit you guys with a couple more things um that I didn't know about the Pro Bowl. And then the last hour I'm taking calls because like I said, we've had a full rack of calls. I didn't even say anything about the Knicks or Nets, but we, you know, this is a fan in New York. We're in basketball season. We took some calls on the Knicks and the Nets. Of course, we're talking about the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the season that was, and getting ready for a week from now when the Super Bowl goes final. And all the baseball fans turn to pitchers and catchers and spring training and uh, the hopes and prayers for a better baseball season than we had. So the last thing I had on the Pro Bowl, you know, I just didn't know. I, I didn't know so much about what they're doing now, and I looked into it. It's in it's in Orlando, Camping World Stadium, and, um, you know, they are also involved with Disney, and they have all these different games. Obviously, the dodgeball thing is interesting because you get to see these guys' athleticism, who can throw you get to see them. Um, <laughs> you get to see them. Uh, you know, dodge, dodge the ball. Like it's just a different way to see football players show off their athleticism. But there's also some celebrities and influencers out there. I just saw Super Hot for my my young guys that know who Super Hot. I'm not a rapper. Is <clears throat> Super Hot just battled Eli Manning? They just had a rap battle. I saw Jenna Bandy. I don't know if you guys know Jenna, but she's. She's an influencer. She's, like, super athletic, good-looking girl. Um, but she can throw football, catch a football, shoot a basketball. They had her do this competition where, similar to, like, if you remember Pac-Man Jones when he was with the Dallas Cowboys, was on Hard Knocks. Speaking of Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks, I told you Hard Knocks was a curse. The Jets were on the regular Hard Knocks. How did that go? And then the Dolphins were on the in-season Hard Knocks. And even though we love watching the show, which if you haven't watched the in-season Hard Knocks, for the Dolphins on HBO Max and you're looking for something to kill time, especially today with no football and you want your football fix, go to HBO Max and stream the in-season Hard Knocks for the Dolphins. They did a great job, but it's a curse. You don't want to be on Hard Knocks if you plan on winning. Anyway, um, on Hard Knocks, when the Dallas Cowboys were on there years ago, Pac-Man Jones was catching punts and holding the ball, and I think he did up to like eight or nine footballs being held at once while catching the ball. Now that's part of the competition. Jenna Bandy was on there. I saw her. She actually won around um did you know that cheerleaders make the pro bowl too i know that there's usually cheerleaders but they have some type of formula to it and they take cheerleaders from all the different teams and bring them out there so that they're represented there's also a long snapping contest and like for my guys that played football you know how we value the long snappers we know how hard that is to do shout out to peter schwartz and his son who's a long snapper and and going to school for it Uh, i saw jason kelsey snapping the ball at a wall of targets one through five. I'm like, that's super cool. um, As a football nerd, as a former football player, I want to watch that. I want to see how accurate these guys can be snapping the ball uh, 10, 15 yards through their legs. But all right, let's get another call in before we go to my uh, break and update before the 2 o'clock hour, my last hour on the fan today. Let's talk to James in North Arlington. James, how are you? And, uh, well, listen, it's nice that you have a lot of young callers, but you still got a couple old guys, as you know. I'm 69, and uh, you you are doing a fabulous job. And, and James, if I can cut you off, like, I I spoke earlier about how I appreciate the people I'm able to meet. And there's young people, but I was also able to meet you, too. And I appreciate you. You came out to the Dick Sporting Goods 
um, who was it? It was uh, Phil Sims and Nick Mangold. We did a Dick Sporting Goods WFAN like football conversation. I got to meet you, um, your daughter there, and, and you guys are great as well. And, and I always hear you calling in the WFAN different shows. Um, you're great at what you do as well, covering sports. And, you know, we're glad to have you. Well, thank you very much. Well, I want to make sure we know about yesterday because uh, Barkley from the Giants, he, he took time out of his busy schedule to come down to the Rock yesterday the, for the yeah. HBCU Classic. Yes. And Him and Tyrod Taylor. Famous, and we had the famous Michael B. Jordan, the sexiest man in the world, at the Rock <laughs> yesterday. 14,000 people yesterday. Creed. Creed. Yeah, 14,000 yesterday to see the, the, the four teams, uh, the, uh, four of the best black colleges in America. It, there was two great games. And I'll tell you something, it's great to see the Rock uh, promoting uh, – uh, this, you know, this great event. Uh, but maybe one of these years, I know you're very busy. Maybe a few more years when your child's a little older, you can come down with your uh, with, with your baby. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be there on Tuesday for the Black History Month celebration with the New Jersey Devils. I did see that Tyrod Taylor and Saquon were courtside for that. And shout out to Michael B. Jordan. And thank you for adding that to the show, James. Uh, R.I.P. Carl Weathers, as I shout out Apollo Creed and Michael B. Jordan, who plays Creed in these new three movies, the the reboot. Yeah, so uh, Michael B. Jordan has done a lot with um, HBCUs. And Saquon Barkley, I saw the clip of Saquon Barkley and Tyrod Taylor out there, and I immediately was thinking, these guys could be courtside at Madison Square Garden. And if you saw last night, it was a star-studded event at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's just good to see everybody out and everybody showing face I don't know what's going to happen with Saquon Barkley. I don't know if you guys heard about uh, Ryan Leaf and what he said about Jim Harbaugh, as I have an opportunity to bring that to the fan. This popped up in between me being on Thursday. And now, Ryan Leaf believes that the Chargers are likely to pursue Saquon Barkley and that Jim Harbaugh has his eyes on Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the contract for Saquon. He's been very vocal about wanting to be a Giant for his whole career. He's told his story about his dad being a Jets fan and wanting to play in that stadium. And I'll say this, like, in this NFL, the running back position, I mean, think about where we were last year and how these running backs came together and there was, like, this coalition. And you've heard Tiki Barber talk about how these guys are undervalued. But look at the Super Bowl. You have Christian McCaffrey on one side, who is a top draft pick at the running back position, one of the highest contracts ever for a running back at that position, if not the highest. And then on the other side, you have the pride of Rutgers, a seventh-round pick, as they talk about Mr. Irrelevant, and seventh round is usually irrelevant. Isaiah Pacheco, he's not making close to what McCaffrey makes, but he makes plays and he makes a difference for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and that offense. So, Going into the season with Josh Jacobs, right? The Raiders ended up bringing him in after he was holding out. They gave him a little more coin, and what did that turn into? He did not have a good year. He did not have a year anywhere close to the year he had the year before. Jonathan Taylor, younger than both Saquon and Josh Jacobs, they gave him the bag, and he missed a ton of games. He had a great game in the last game of the year, but they still weren't able, right? The running back was not able to propel them to victory and into the playoffs, Gardner Minshew makes a throw that, uh, you know, the third string running back isn't able to catch and their season is over. So what I'm saying is this, I don't know how many teams are in a position, especially the Chargers, with some of the guys that they have under 
um, their cap space and some of the age of the guys. Like, I don't know how many teams are in a position to pay for a running back, but there will be a few, and there's going to be a few guys available like a Saquon Barkley, like a Derrick Henry, who is featured at the Pro Bowl games. I saw him asking James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother who plays in Buffalo. It's a clip that the NFL was pushing out. They're pushing out a ton of content of these guys hanging out in their conversations, talking at the Pro Bowl. And Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans running back, who literally signed off and thanked everyone from the janitor to the training team to his coaches and teammates in Tennessee. They had him talking to young James Cook, the running back from the Buffalo Bills, about, hey, what do y'all eat in Buffalo? Y'all really eat wings? Yeah, we eat wings. Where do you go? We go to Bar Bill. Okay, and so people are speculating that the Bills may be interested, as they did bring on Leonard Fournette. That was a dud. Leonard Fournette is cooked. I had Charles Davis on with me a couple weeks ago who said Leonard, Leonard Fournette, no playoff Lenny this year. He's done. But Derrick Henry's going to be out there looking for a new home. Will the Bills spend, right? They may be moving on from Stephon Diggs. Unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And in Dallas Cowboys circles, they're saying, hey, move on from Tony Pollard. Go pay Saquon Barkley. And Jerry Jones has been quoted as saying they're all in. They're trying to compete next year and get there and blah, 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 blah. So much to be seen. 877-337-6666. My last hour on this Sunday, my first football Sunday. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host filling in. Call me up if you'd like to join the show. We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.